Welcome back to the Evidence for Faith podcast with Michael Lane. If you're enjoying our content and would like to help us keep making more episodes on this podcast, you can become a donor at evidenceforfaith.org slash give. That's evidence, the number four, faith.org slash give. And while you're on the website, make sure to check out some of the other things we got going on, like our specialty programs. We've got one in marine biology, which is an entire marine biology course down in the Florida Keys. And it's great for students ages 14 and up. We also have our biblical archaeology tour in Israel with archaeologists Dr. Stephen Notley. That's coming up very, very soon. So make sure to check those out. And we also have our bookings calendar open. So if you're looking for a speaker to come speak at your event, church, group, school, whatever it may be, make sure to get in your request in right away. And finally, if you have enjoyed a particular series on this podcast, or you want to go back and look at a particular episode, our courses page has every single series we've ever done on the podcast nicely organized in its own course page. And sometimes there's a few extra little downloads and things you can use if you want to go back and study a particular series or share it with a friend or a family. All these links are going to be down in the description if you want to refer back to them after you're done listening to today's episode. And with that, thanks for being here and I'll let Michael take it away. At this festive time of the year, we typically hear sermons and lessons dealing specifically with the first Christmas. However, this morning, we're going to hear a story on joy. It's following the Advent season, as appropriate as that theme is today. This lesson isn't the typical story of Christmas joy. This lesson will explore and give us all a glance at what true joy is that comes from Christ. So sit back as we peek into the past and one person's response to real joy that comes from Jesus, our Messiah. Welcome. Shalom. 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 Uh, Shalom all. What is my name? My name does not matter. If you wish, you can call me Judah, but it doesn't matter. I was born a leper. Why was I born a leper? I have no idea. Some said it was because my mother and my father, they sinned before I was born. And that's why I was born a leper. The Jewish religious leaders that we have, they said, no, they said it was because I sinned in the womb before I was born. And that's why I was born a leper. In either case, I don't know. I just know I was born a leper. I could not walk. I could not stand. I could not do anything. Do you understand what my life was like? I was just a beggar. I could never walk down the street holding my mother's hand or my father's hand. I could never toss an object with him. We could never walk through the fields of wheat or barley or along the roads. 
I could never travel and, and see things that other people got to see. I never got to play with the, the other children my own age. They would just look at me. Many times they'd just say, unclean, unclean. Do you realize I never got to go into the temple? I could not go into the temple because I was lame. And as they thought, was some type of sin. Because of this, I was unclean. My life was miserable. Everywhere I went, I had to be carried. I didn't get to play with friends. I had no friends. I had no one outside of my mother and my father. This was my life. I grew up with this. I never married. There were, there was a couple of girls I did admire that would sometimes come up to the temple. I always hoped they would glance my way, and if, but when they did, they just turned in disgust. I never even got to feel the embrace of a friend or a girlfriend, of someone who would care and love about me outside of my mother and my father. As I got older, they, they would pick me up and they would carry me over to the temple. The place they would put me, because the temple has many gates, they put me at the beautiful gate. Down on the south side of the temple, two double, double entrances was the main entrance. All the rabbis walked through there. Many people coming up into worship in the temple, they would come by there. And I lay there. They would put me there early in the morning and people would come by. I would hold out my hand and hopefully they would give me some money. That was my income. After a while, when my parents could no longer care for me, I had to take some of what I would get to pay others to pick me up at the end of the day and take me back to a place. And then the next morning, I had to pay some others to pick me up and carry me all the way to the temple. Obviously, I did not live far from the temple. It was too far of a travel. It cost too much. But they would set me right at the beautiful gate, the most popular place. But I never got to see inside of it. I never got to see what the temple looked like. This was my life. I had no hope. No hope. Oh, I prayed and my parents prayed that God would heal me. Never did. I couldn't even go into the temple to offer a sacrifice. I was not allowed. No hope. But then something happened when I was 37 years old. 37 years had passed and something amazing happened. There was a great commotion in the temple. Now I'm sitting outside the gate. I cannot go in and see, but I could hear a lot of things happening. I heard it sounded like money falling on the floor. I heard the animals that have been taken in there uh, making sounds and people were screaming and shouting. And as I sat there in between the two gates, uh, here, here came animals flying out of the temple, running out and stuff. I thought, what in, what in the heavens has happened here? I tried to stop a passerby. Hey, what, what's going on? What's going on in the temple? And he said that there's some prophet who came and was turning over things. I was like, wow, 
A prophet? From where? They said, from Galilee. Oh, later, very soon after this, I heard another story about this prophet. That he went to a lame man like myself. I knew this man. I knew who he was. He was a little older than me. And he was lame. And he sat at the pool of Bethesda. And that this prophet from Galilee came and healed him. I saw him walking back and forth. I knew the story was true because I got to see him, that he was healed. I asked him, how did you get healed? What happened? And he says, a prophet from Galilee, his name was Jesus. He healed me. I thought, maybe maybe this prophet, if he healed you, maybe, maybe he will heal me. And I prayed, oh, oh, I don't know, please, please. May this prophet come and heal me. May this, this, this prophet named Jesus heal me. But he didn't because the next thing I heard, he had left Jerusalem and had gone back to Galilee. I got a little depressed because I thought there was my chance. He was gone. But during this time, I thought, who is this, this man, this prophet of God? that they call Jesus of Nazareth. Who is he? At times as I'm sitting at the gate, which I sat every day, and people would come walking in and out, I would ask questions. Most people ignored me, but some felt a little compassion at times, and they would tell me things. They told me that this Jesus was born very near Jerusalem, just, just down over there, not too far from, from Jerusalem, in the town called Bethlehem. Born in Bethlehem. The city where, where we raised the sheep for the sacrifices in the temple. He was born there. I also heard that he was a descendant of King David himself. I was hearing all sorts of wonderful things about him. Not only that, I heard that he was doing other miracles up in Galilee. That he healed the sick that he was able to cast out demons. That one time he fed thousands of people with one small meal. And then he even raised the dead. I thought, surely, surely this man can heal me. Even though I was born this way, he can do that. If he can raise the dead, he can heal me. And I prayed, oh, Adonai, please, please, would you heal me? Have this Jesus come back and heal me because he was doing miracles. Well, over the next few years, I did not get healed. But I did get to see Jesus. Because when he would come to Jerusalem for the holidays and for feasts, he would walk into the beautiful gate, the main entrance, right where I laid. I remember, I remember the first time I saw him coming. Oh, there was such a crowd of people that were with him. Oh, there were so many people shouting and, and calling, calling him out. And as I lay there, I, I, I said, is this Jesus? Is this Jesus of Nazareth? Is this him? Is this the prophet? And he said, yes. I started yelling, Jesus, oh, Jesus of Nazareth, son of David, please have mercy on me. Heal me. And as he walked by, and he went into the temple. 
He did not hear me. Oh, when he returned, maybe he will. As he came out, I waited and waited. And as he came out, he walked by again. This went on for years. Every holiday he came, he would teach in the temple. He would go right through the beautiful gate, the main gate where I was. But he never healed me. I was, is it because I am such a sinner? What sin could I have done before I was even born to to make even God not think of me? I, I call out to him and he doesn't hear me. He heals other people. He raises others from the dead, but he doesn't do this for me. What is wrong with me? I did not know. I could not remember anything. I know I'm unclean. Is that why he would not come? Many times he walked by me. Then I heard an amazing story. I heard that just on the other side of the Mount of Olives, which I could see from the beautiful gate, I have a beautiful view there. And I heard that Jesus was over on the other side at the town of Bethany and that one of his close friends had died and that Jesus went over there. I heard that this man, I believe they call him Lazarus, that Lazarus was dead for four days and already buried and put into the tomb. When Jesus came, I could not see it's on the other side of the mountain. But I heard everyone talking about it. That Jesus asked for the stone to be rolled away and he just spoke to the dead body, Lazarus, come forth. And, and he did. I figured if, if Jesus can do that, he can surely heal me. Not long after, I got to see him again because he came over the same mountain, over the Mount of Olives. He was riding a donkey. I saw him riding a donkey. Oh my gosh, the, the entire city had turned out in celebration. It was a huge celebration. Some were cutting palm branches and laying them in the road. As he rode the donkey down on uh, the Mount of Olives, others were taking their cloaks out and laying it down. They were singing songs. They were praising God. They were saying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. As I sat there at my spot, I watched this taking place, coming down. I prayed, oh God, please, please let this Messiah, this one that, that that's this other prophet, John the Baptist said was a Messiah, that this Jesus of Nazareth, oh God, please let him come and heal me and touch me and heal me. I prayed and prayed. And as I did this, I saw him coming through down to the bottom, uh, near the bottom of the temple at the top of the city of David. I, I saw the huge crowd, but I could see he dismounted his the donkey he was on. And, and he started coming up the stairs again. I thought, my prayers are being answered. Jesus is coming right towards me. He's walking right up the steps. He's coming here, but a huge crowd surrounded him. And as he came up, I cried out, Jesus, son of David, Messiah, have mercy on me. And he walked past me again. 
Very soon after he came out again, there was a huge crowd still with him. I still cried out, oh God, please. No. He didn't even look my way. I reasoned there are so many people, he probably couldn't hear me. He probably couldn't see me. I really thought that day I would be healed. But it wasn't to be. A few days later, I heard some terrible news. I heard that the chief priests arrested this Jesus, this Messiah. And they they turned him over to the Romans. And the Romans scourged him and crucified him over at the other side of of Jerusalem, the Golgotha. And they killed him. They even stabbed him with a spear. People told me this. This was the talk of the town. I heard from others that before the sun set, they, they buried him in a tomb in the garden nearby. Oh, my spirit sank. For now he was dead. How could I ever be healed? The one chance I I had. He healed others, but he did not heal me. My heart was so crushed. But the day after the Sabbath, this town was... The city was all in commotion. And I was asking people as they were coming around, what, what is going on? What's happening? And someone said that they saw this Jesus alive. Then another said, I saw Jesus alive. What do you mean? What do you mean? They wouldn't talk to me. Most of the people just going around, so I had to just listen as much as I could hear. But from what I could tell is that this Jesus rose from the grave People were seeing him. People were touching him. People ate with him. And I thought, surely now he will heal me. But then I heard, no, he went back up to Galilee. But I had hope. Because now he seemed to be alive again. He must truly be the Messiah. Not long after... In a few weeks, I got to see him again. One last time. One last time. As I was sitting at my spot at the beautiful gate, I look over to the Mount of Olives. I see a small crowd of people. I recognize that Jesus. I had seen him many times as he came through, in and out of the temple. That was Jesus. He truly was alive, and I could see some of his followers with him. And as I sit, the sun was bright. But as I sat there and I watched, and I was trying to see what's happening, what's he going? Is he going to come here? But you might not believe me, but I tell you, it is true. All of a sudden, he started to rise up into the sky. He started to float. No wings, he just lifted up and went higher and higher. And as I looked in the bright light, I was looking out, 
Then I could see him no more. He was gone. At that point, I think that was the lowest I ever felt in my life. He was gone. With not long after was a huge holiday at the temple, Pentecost. I loved that holiday because about a million people, visitors would come to Jerusalem to worship in the temple. And me sitting at the gate, the beautiful gate where people came in, that was a day I made just about the most amount of money from begging. People would come by, they would look at me, feel sorry, and they would think they were doing God a favor by giving me coins. And I made a lot of coins that day. Over this holiday, I was a little happy because I was getting a lot of money. For what I normally do, still, it's not much. But that day, something strange happened. I started hearing strange voices here in the city. Strange. People shouting, people screaming, huge amounts of people all over. And then I heard that someone started speaking. I could hear someone doing a sermon. I asked the pastor, by who, who is that speaking there? Who do you, who is that? And they said, it's Peter, one of the followers of Jesus. And he's preaching his sermon. I listened so intently. And I heard him talk about Jesus of Nazareth. I perked my ears to hear more. And he said that if we repent of our sins and commit our life and follow Jesus, that we can have eternal life forever with God that Jesus truly was the Messiah. Thousands of people became Christians that day. I was like, this is amazing. I too believed. Thinking, maybe if, if I say it again, maybe, now yes, I believe Jesus is the Messiah. Lord, I'm sorry for whatever sin I did. Now can I be healed? Then nothing happened. Why was God so silent? question I asked all my life. I just didn't understand. But then, a few days later, this fellow Peter, one of the followers of Jesus, and another one, they, they called him John. They came walking up from the, the city of David towards the temple. Oh, I recognized them because I'd seen them many times going in and out of the temple with this Jesus. And they were coming. And as I laid there and watched them coming towards me, it seemed as Peter and Jean were looking right at me. Not at the beautiful furnishings of the gate. They're looking right at me. I thought, maybe they'll give me money. The closer they came, they kept looking intently. And then I could see they were smiling. Why would they smile at me? No one smiles at me. And they came up, and the one that they called Peter came right up to me. And I thought, surely I'm going to get some money. This is great. So I put out my hand. And this Peter fellow said, look at me. 
I looked right into his eyes. Expecting coins, he said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And with that, he grabbed my right hand, the hand of blessing, and he pulled me up onto my feet. I can't describe it, but I could tell something happened from my back, down my legs, my ankles, my feet. And as he pulled me up, I came up and I stood and I didn't wobble. He was, I just stood there amazed. They were smiling. Some who were standing there were absolutely amazed. They're seeing this. I'm, I'm like, I'm standing. I'm standing. And Peter, walk. I, I, I don't, I've never walked before. But I, I, I could walk. I could, I could walk. I, I could, I could walk. I, I've never walked before. I could walk. I, I, I was so excited. I, I, I jumped. I, oh, this is amazing. I have never done this. And I started running back and forth. Oh, my, oh this is amazing. And Peter and, and John, they, they grabbed me by the arms. They said, let's go to the temple. I get to go into the temple. I get to see the holy place with my own eyes. And we went in. We walked through the beautiful gate. I could see the magnificent artwork. Oh, it was amazing seeing this as we came up the stairs. Here in the courtyard, I, I ran up the stairs. I turned around. I ran back down the stairs. I'm, this is amazing. I cannot tell you how happy I am. And i just so full of joy running up. Peter, John, they got up there and they said, look, look around. Oh, my gosh. There's the temple. There's, there's the bronze altar where they, they do the sacrifice. The bronze labor. It's, it's all here. I can see. I, I can see the Levites singing praises. To God, I was jumping up and down. God healed me. He healed me. And I grabbed hold of Peter and John and we're hugging him. They're hugging me as we danced around. I was so excited. Do you understand what I'm telling you? I have never been able to walk. And now I can. And I can hop. And I can run. It's like anyone. I was healed. And of course, all the people, all the people in the temple, they recognize me. They come rushing over. Hundreds of them came rushing over. Mouths agape. That's the layman. That's the layman who's been here for all these years. For over, for 40 years he's been here. Yes, it is me. And of course, with that large crowd, Peter goes into a sermon. And he said to people, don't think by our power that we did this. He was healed by the power of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Because of that, it was an amazing event. Thousands of people rushed over and they, they started praising God and they believed. Many people were saved that day because of what God did with me that day. Ah, oh, there was such a revival. Do you know that the temple police came over and arrested Peter and John for this? And not only that, they arrested me too. I got arrested too. They, they put us in jail 
Peter and John sitting down. I'm not sitting down. I'm going to stand. I'm going to jump around in the jail. I can do this now. I'm praising God. I'm so happy for what's doing. And Peter and John, I understand, but you're driving us nuts. I just, I don't care. I'm praising God. Oh my gosh, what he has done for me. Ah. They let us go. But as I said, thousands of people came to know Jesus as their Lord and Savior because of what he did through me. I finally figured it out. For many years, I blamed God. I thought he was not listening. I thought he didn't care. Some days I even doubted his existence, especially when Jesus would walk by me back and forth. No, God had a plan. If Jesus had healed me on any of those days, people would have seen it. They would have been excited about it. But it would have been different. The way that God planned it, he waited until that moment. And as a result of his plan, thousands of people came to a saving knowledge of Jesus. God used me as a tool. Beloved friends, if you're going through struggle and you pray, and it seems like at times God's not listening, God's not there, God doesn't care, remember me. Remember me. That's how I was. But God has plans in his own timing, which glorify him. He wasn't to glorify me. It glorified him, Jesus, the Messiah. Oh, the joy, oh God, you gave me. Oh, I can never thank you enough for saving me, for healing me. And after 40 years, you used me in some remarkable tool. And I thank you so much. Don't lose hope. Find the joy. God has a plan for you. You may not know it in this life, but he will use you as a plan if you walk with him. Thank you for listening to my story. And I bid you, Shalom. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you to our donors who make this program possible. Evidence for Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry based in the USA. You can support this broadcast by donating online using the links in the description. And don't forget to leave us a comment, a review, likes, and shares to feed the algorithm and help others find this content. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.